They've got six seconds left. Hastings puts the ball, goes for the kick. Tigers like it. Oh. Tigers kick oh, it. Yeah, Hastings. Hastings kicked it, and West Tigers get their win. <laughs> Rugby League gods are smiling on them, and have a look at the celebrations. Fired up, I'm all fired up and lonesome. Hello and welcome once again to Fire Up! And after one of the all-time greatest games of rugby league just this weekend, we're all doubly fired up today. I'm Dennis Carnahan, joined by a jubilant Redfern Pat and a positively jovial Chris Gale to dissect rugby league's Easter miracle. The weekend wasn't all glory, though. The majority of it featured some of the most somnolent, soporific, moribund, benign and torpid rugby league ever seen. And that was just the Raiders on Thursday night. It was followed by the predictable, dull drudgery of victories to the Storms, the Roosters, the Seagulls, the Rabbits. The only real surprise was the Dragons having a win against the Knights. Either of those teams' winnings is so unlikely, even when they play each other. But then it happened. The game for the ages. The game Rugby League needed. The reason people love sports at all. The game the world needed. An underdog overpowering a mighty opponent. The Rugby League gods smiled on our game. Chris Gale, I know you were deeply emotionally invested in this one. So I'm going to leave it open to you. Tell us your thoughts, your feelings about the magnificent victory by the Canada Ravens women's rugby league team over their arch rivals, the USA Red Tails women's rugby league team. The Easter miracle! It is an Easter miracle, Dennis Carnahan. I know that Canadian women's rugby league has been in the doldrums for at least the last two decades. Mm. But Prime Minister Trudeau said, I am pinning my campaign going forward, my vision for Canada on the Ravens turning things around. And the Red Tails, well, they copped it, as you said, to the tune of 42 points to 10. It does show that sport can bring people together on a global scale. What a miracle. It was my rugby league highlight, not just of this weekend, not just of this year, but probably of all time. Congratulations, Canada Ravens. I salute you. It was, it was in the suburb of Burnaby in Vancouver, British Columbia, which yep. is perceived by most people in Canada a lot like the western suburbs of Sydney is perceived by the eastern suburbs. So obviously the rest of Canada's wankers like the eastern suburbs, and the, and so it's it's a good working class suburb. It's it's heartland. It's rugby league heartland. I was on the physio's table this morning, being worked on by the great James Campbell, and he had in Tim the intern, and he had a <laughs> Tim bit of a the intern. He, and Tim the intern had a bit of a lilt. Shout out to Tim the intern, yeah, and he had a bit of a lilt to his voice. And I said, uh, "Where are you from?" But I was smart enough, Dennis. Not to say what part of the states are you from, oh. because the accent could be classified as North American. A and bit. have a guess where he was from. Well, not necessarily Burnaby. British Columbia. He was from Vancouver. He was from Vancouver. And I said... Uh, was he jubilant this morning? Well, I said, you've got a little bit of a smile on your face. And I know it's not the Canucks. I know it's not the NHL Canucks. And he goes, well, come on now, the Ravens. How about oh. it? So this is broad-based. This is widespread. Or as in Lee Hanson Patelis's case... When he gave an interview the other day, wide ranging. Wide ranging. The joy is permeating. I don't know if you sensed it out there on the, the waterways and the roadways and the footways of Sydney, let alone the airways, but people were up on their toes, sprightly, with a bit of pep in their step, 
Canada Ravens 42, USA Red Tails And the 10. whole of North America is talking about rugby league. They're, they're talking about having... Rusty Crow himself is talking about taking Game 1 2023 across to the USA. Now, wouldn't it be interesting? It's wonderful. Getting back to last week in the Carimbi Immaculata, the avian avatars for these two teams. You've got yes. the Ravens and the Red Tails. The Red Tail, of course, is short for Red Tail Hawk which the Americans often call a, a chicken hawk. Wouldn't it be interesting to see the chicken hawks play the Roosters women's team? Wouldn't that be a game for the ages? Wasn't there a Warner Brothers cartoon around the confusion around a chicken and a chicken hawk? From I, I believe there was. Yeah. Son, I believe Foghorn Leghorn might have been involved as well. I was talking avatars on the weekend with my good friend David Garnsey, and we were talking about in the NFL when, they're, again, they've got to sort of upgrade mm. what their avatar could be. And the Washington Redskins, as they were once known, yes. went through about 18 months of purgatory as the Washington football team, and they played like the duds they sounded. Well, they've renamed themselves the Washington Commanders, and no one sought that through because already on the bootleg streets of Washington, D.C., people are selling Come On Commies t-shirts and they're jumping off the street. Reds under the bed. Reds under the bed. And everything. Now, there was... It's probably overshadowed. and this is a, it's, a, it's a pity. There was a, there was a minor game played in a little province of Sydney. Yes. Um, where pa- there was... Pa- Parramatta. Parramatta. A, a little... Um, there was another little game played, which you know, it's sad that it's been overshadowed by the Ravens' Red Tails victory. Um, because it was it was quite a good game. It had quite a nice ending to it as well. It did, and I wasn't aware of it until, ironically, I turned on ESPN. and after, actually had After it. watching the Ravens-Red Correct. Tails game. And there was a live camp out at Concord where you could see the West Tigers' centre of excellence really coming together in front of your eyes. And they'd found, a little bit past St. Luke's Park, an empty cave. An empty cave? And there was a boulder rolled to the one side of the cave, and that was... Were there burial cloths strewn in there? Well, can I just say they found a, um, a handkerchief, a monogrammed handkerchief in said cave, and it had the initials J.H. on it. J.H.? Jackson Hastings. Wow. So That's your Easter miracle right there. There was no M.M., handkerchief there no no <laughs> no it's no, well known that michael mcguire is a buddhist so it's a whole different <laughs> whole different lexicon story. for him yeah 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 but can i just point out because i don't want to i don't want to crow about the tiger's victory well raven crow you know. whatever but can i just point out it was a one point field goal that jackson hastings mm. kicked albeit near the 40 and it was so much sweeter that that gave us the victory and it wasn't any of this two-point rubbish that's oh. just a blight on our game. And it was on the siren. It's, it's a shame everyone's talking about the Ravens' Red Tails and not so much about this game. True, because it was, because it was, it was a good game. There was. And, and There was a lot to like about and it. There was a, a lot, lot of... to like about it. <laughs> and the fact, obviously it wasn't a flat track, and this has been made very clear, that, that certain teams like a flat track and they like to bully other teams on a flat track. This wasn't a flat track, and so they choked! They it, choked! It was... They choked, as we always knew they would, as is in their DNA. They choked. Pressure kicks to their halfback. He misses. He misses two shots at goal. One of them which would have put them in the lead with six minutes to go. Yes. He missed. He had a shot at field goal. He was petulantly sulking a couple of weeks ago because they wouldn't give him the ball for this shot at goal. In fact, someone else took the shot at goal to win the golden point game. He missed. No, he, he hit the post. Well, he missed. Here's the difference. Well, there were two differences. One, Redfern Pat put some photographic evidence up yesterday as Luke Brooks was trying to line up a kick and it looked like he was going through some sort of Relief, sand pit. Re- relief map of the Olgas. It was yeah. just so sandy and scuffed up. So what happened to the Parramatta flat track and the engineers with the spirit levels, I don't know.
But let me tell you, the, the, the other reason, Ray Stone, nowhere to be seen. Exactly. And that, sacrificed himself on the altar of Mitchell Moses hitting the post. That's right. So he's hit the post and now it's worse. He's missing the post. I'm telling you, the FTB, Mitchell Moses himself, is in precipitous <laughs> decline and it doesn't upset me in any way, shape or form. Oh, sure it doesn't because it, it'd be a tragedy to see him and Luke Brooks together, wouldn't it? But can I just say, Parramatta, don't worry. Uh, you're a good team. You'll be there at the business end of the season. Losing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Dropping out when 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 it matters is when you you stop winning, and isn't that wonderful? Um, but it was it was an interesting turn because there was, there was a few other interesting things that happened. There was a scrum win against the feed. Yes. Now that's it. Now normally I know that you're not against the feed. I saw the way you went through those peanuts in the bar. <laughs> Clearly, no, I'm pro feed. Not, you're very much pro feed. But Bucky. Bucky's let a scrum go. Normally, if a scrum goes against a feed, it's just a penalty because you can't win against the feed. You just can't. It's it's not written in the rules. It's just, it's not the go. It's not the spirit. It's not the vibe. If the scrum is won against the feed, you just blow a penalty or pack it again. But Bucky let it go. Now, this wasn't, there was a few big club penalties early on. Mm-hmm. What was the penalty count again? Well, in the final wash-up, it was 10 to 2, which is the combination of penalties and six agains or ruck infringements. Ruck infringements. Yeah, so six penalties, four ruck infringements against the Tigers, four penalties, four. Those last two of those penalties came at the tail end of the game. So at one stage, Just it was a up. 5 to 1 ratio of whistle mm. possession. And Chris Barlow was just buying into something that we've really settled as almost the first immutable law of rugby league, which is big club theory. And the assumption would be that the Tigers figured they had no hope of winning this game. So they were going to try and cheat their way to victory, pretty much using the template of the 1969 Balmain Tigers when they lay down to victory against poor old Redfern Pat's much-favoured Rabbitohs at the SCG O those many years ago. And so Butler's immediately just gone big club theory. Parramatta wouldn't ever dare commit a ruck infringement outside their own 40. It was just really, really clear that big club theory was alive and well. And the coaches of said non-big clubs, and let's face it, we're all in that particular church. Well, Redfern Pat, maybe not so much. Well, yeah, maybe. That's they're getting, true. They're getting, they're, that's they're, what I keep forgetting about yeah. Cannon Brooks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you've got fired out of a rocket. Got crow. Oh, by the way. Oh, rockets. Have you seen the crow? We took, we looked at the Parramatta jersey that Hello, you love so crow. much. Crow. Game in North America. Canada Ravens. <laughs> Chicken Hawks. It's all coming together. The where, grand unified theory. Where is Paul Broughton and John Rebo de Bresek <laughs> taking our game to China? Our game needs to be in China. Forget North America. But anyway, Crow, who's in league with Packer, and of course, Mike shot out of a cannon, Brooks. <laughs> Rockets. <laughs> That's right. From the, the marvelous Atlassian. And, Atlassian. Yeah. I tell you what, they won't be putting the files of this show in JIRA anytime soon. But uh, Russell Crowe has got together with the Australian Navy... Has he? Get this. And in the wake of the much maligned, which we supported, Parramatta Anzac Day jersey, he and the Australian Navy had designed the South Anzac Day jersey for this upcoming week's round. With the Navy? With the Australian Navy, because they've tended to go Air Force at the Rabbitohs, and now they're going Navy. How interesting. Yeah. The problem with this, though, is Crow goes, my dream is to do Marines. And I don't think he's aware that we don't have the Marines in Australia. Well, the English had Marines. The Americans are probably more famous for having Marines. Yeah. Um, wow. So if you want to get in the Murdoch press, you'll see a picture of uh, a couple of South players in the jersey and some seamen, as in Hello. members of the Navy, uh, 
probably on the deck of an aircraft carrier. So I think that's just photoshopped. Well, we don't have one. We haven't had one since they scuttled the Melbourne that's, 30 that's years right. ago. I don't know. They're down at Garden Island on, you know, like a destroyer or something like that. It could be uh, one or two, which is the, one's the Adelaide. O2 is the Canberra. Those are both the helicopter aircraft carriers or the, the transporters, which always keep breaking down. Uh, number two is, of course, the flagship. So it could be on one of those. When I was in high school, hmm. we did a tour of the Parramatta. Oh, that's a long time ago. So... There you have it. But the big club theory, which, okay, sounds questionable, but certainly Canterbury, Bankstown, Bulldogs, who took on uh, the traditional Good Friday, Crook, Finger, James Graham clash, <laughs> uh, there was a sin binning of half-brother of Benji Marshall, Be- uh, Marshall King, right? Yep. And he was put in for repeated hanging on in the tackle. Uh. And uh, that seemed to be a bit of a turning point because uh, Damien Cook, and we're not even going to go... Down, after Matty Johns just did salt that joke. Bath. Did, let's did just, that joke let's just talk about Damien Cook and Salt Bath. That's right, yeah. Got a hat trick. And so the question was put to Supercoach Trent Barrett about whether you subscribe to big club theory after the game. Trent, we've a couple of coaches here. I think Justin Holbrook and, and Todd Payton have both mentioned this year. They think a lot of calls go against those lower teams. Yeah. Do you worry you're in the same boat? Yeah, I'll have it on record that you said that. <laughs> There's nothing I can say, but it, look, we, we're certainly not getting them at the moment. There will be a day, hopefully, um, when we're, we're going well and we, and we are getting those calls. But there's still some things in there that we could have helped ourselves with. So I'm not going to use that as an excuse. Oh, T-Bass, he's very generous, very down to earth. I love how he owns it. I love how the the person asking the question seems to speak very quickly because they know they might about to draw the ire of a coach. But isn't that just coaching, yeah, nah, personified? (laughs) There's nothing I can say. We're certainly not getting them (laughs) in the one sentence. You said it, not me, but I completely agree. But if we've established that there's one immutable law of rugby league, Dennis, I'm looking to your superior scientific knowledge and brain and understanding (laughs) compared to mine to see if you can divine something about this because I'm having a lot of trouble getting rugby league into some form of balance. And and Mm. I'm really looking at the penalty regime that's been administered so far this season and again on this weekend and wonder if you could help me with some of these issues. Yeah, okay. Let's go through the issues then. Tyrell Fiamiano, who's mm-hmm. had a fairly rough couple of years, but hip drop, five yep. weeks. Yep. Right. Now, did you see Nathan Cleary's tackle on poor Billy Walters in the Panthers versus which Broncos? Was a, which was a combination hip drop, Cumberland throw. <laughs> That's right. We, his own father referenced that it was a Cumberland throw. <laughs> Nathan, quite rightly, didn't understand what that was. And of course, I must admit, I sort of go back to visions of Cumberland throws being like Alan McMahon dropping... <laughs> <laughs> that Newcastle player on his, on his head. head, yeah, yeah, but he's sort of at, a, at an on angle, and you know, Brandy Alexander, of course, defending his own, sort of said it's just laughable that it could be considered anything like a hip drop. It's a non-hip drop, but Joey Johns, immortal, the eighth, faces Nathan and says, "I was very concerned about that. It was illegal." And Nathan goes, "I felt bad. I could see he was hurt. I didn't intend it, but it was awkward, right?" Falmiano, five weeks. Nathan Cleary, one thousand dollar fine. $1,000 fine. Yeah. Marcello Montoya, who I said I wouldn't talk about, but mm-hmm. you know, where no one supports, and let me tell you, every commentator says this, no one supports what he said to Kyle Felt, mm-hmm. but put it in that category of a homophobic slur. Yep. Four weeks on the sideline, a month out of the game. Yep. James Tedesco, Australian captain, New South Wales captain, and dare I say it, Sydney Rooster. Mm. Big club. The potential, and he owned and apologized for the race-based comment allegedly squid game yep no weeks ten thousand dollar fine ten thousand ten thousand dollar fine mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Payne Haas 
an Albert Kelly rugby league pest, and we'll come to that. <laughs> Bit of push and shove over the white shoes a week. Nelson Asafa Solomona, apparently not as sufficiently forceful until Graham Annesley saw it. Forearm to Makaheshi Makatoa. Is that right? Have I got that yeah. right? Right? $1,000 fine. Mm. And I don't know where you put the Dylan Edwards, Keenan Palacia face slap in all this, but I might come to that in a moment because mm. they got put in a sin bin for that. Yet, if I look to the arts world, what happens when you slap someone? Will Smith just got 10 years. Like 10 years yeah. in the bin. So the arts world can't help me. Can science help me put all that into a blender and come up with some sort of uh, interpretive text that I can understand how rugby league I think works? We, we need to go back to the old world, to the old theory. So before 1916, when Einstein came up with the general theory of relativity to explain the four dimensions of space-time continuum, uh, time being the fourth dimension, and to use that and his, and his theories on light, which gave us black holes. He theorized black holes, which we later found. So the, the, before that, there was Newtonian physics. Right. And one of Sir Isaac's main ones, it relates to the greater the mass the greater the attraction. That's how gravity works. If there's a big object, it attracts things. Now, when it says... This it, sounds very suspiciously like big club theory, but go on. Well, I, I think <laughs> Sir Isaac was a big league fan. Right. And, and in fact, he followed the roosters. <laughs> of course of he course did. Of course he did. And so Sir Isaac was saying, when, 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 some, when a big club, someone from a big club does something, it attracts... A smaller fine. Aha. Uh-huh. A smaller fine is attracted to the big club, but the big fine is attracted to the smaller club. Well, you've the big penalty goes to the small club, the small penalty goes to the big club. That's Newtonian rugby league physics. So that's our second law of rugby league, big club theory, and now it has this expression as this A corollary. Corollary. And if I look at it, Cleary, Panthers. Tedesco, Roosters, as half a Solomon Storms. The big clubs? It has been proven. What do they attract? They attract <laughs> small punishments. Negligible treatment. A $1,000 fine, as Buzz Rothfield has pointed out in the Daily Astonisher today. He said, that's just a round of drinks. Now, I'm telling you, if Buzz is buying rounds King of King Wan's got expensive drinks. Buzz is buying. Either he's drinking an incredibly expensive cognac, or there might be a health issue there that Buzz needs to look into. He goes, ah, my shout, boys. That'll be a grand. Um, it also, what would have happened in the 70s if Sir Isaac Newton tried to get into Eastern Suburbs Leagues Club with Ron Jones's hair oh, with that above hair, the collar? He did have a long oh, hair. Beautiful, yeah. mane. Pappenhausen style, mate. With, with a bit of a curl through it as well. It's, it, let me tell you, it hadn't occurred to me until now, but there's quite a bit of a similarity between Sir Isaac Newton and Ryan Pappenhausen when you look at it. And well, they both... They understand <laughs> force direction. And I tell you what, Sir gaps. Isaac Newton, he followed up through the middle. He was always there. He was one of the best backer uppers that physics has ever had. And they've both taken wax in the head. Absolutely, they have. Apple, (laughs) concussion. Apple or Falmiona. Take your pick. (laughs) Either one. Um, Now, you mentioned before the Cleary boy. Yes. And the Cleary boy who's... He seems like he's pretty much doing what Daddy tells him. Is there... Is there father-son issues going on? Are there father-son issues in rugby league? <laughs> By the way, Greg Alexander, it's ridiculous to suggest he's a protected species. Well, I'm not suggesting it, Greg. He is a protected <laughs> species. No, Ivan sat uh, um, uh, Nathan down and explained to him the importance of mateship, uh, the importance of playing with your friends. 
and your father. The importance of if you accept less money, I'll be able to get some other good players. I just can't rely on you. What happens if you do another one of these Cumberland throws and you're out of the game for six weeks? Yeah. And so in doing their five-year extensions, and isn't that just isn't it wonderful? I mean, most people talk about you know the dad that day took the day dad took me down to the park to kick a footy, or he was there when I did my first play. Yeah. Or you know we went to the bar for the first time as adults. Isn't it terrific that when you look back on your life? Oh, I remember the dad of the day and I got a five-year extension together. What, what, what a joyous time. At a cut price. That's right. Well, Nathan has been persuaded by Ivan to reduce the money that he draws from the coffers at Penrith to boost Ivan's chances to have a richer, deeper roster in the... Uh, Son, this is going to hurt me more than well, it's going to hurt, hurt you, you, but you're taking a pay cut so we can... Correct. We can diddle the roster that way. Don't FTH worry. dynasty. I mean, you know, in, in Lee Hadrian Patelis' interpretation of bullying after his wide-ranging interview in support of Luke Brooks, <laughs> I think that's bullying, but anyway. And it does raise the issue about this complicated relationship between fathers and sons, and I imagine mothers and sons ones. and mothers and daughters and mothers and sons as you know mothers and daughters as rugby league stands its pantheon about how this works but we've got lots of examples we can reflect on i mean redfern pat pointed out brad arthur's and jake arthur so, mm. you know like but they've separated it, <laughs> have they yeah. really well they're not playing in the same team anymore no <laughs> so it's so that that's well one they're not no but jake got a run through his father clearly he did get a run through his father then there's kevy walters yes and and billy is just kevy thriving. and billy um, despite being hip thrown, yes, <laughs> hip, hip dropped, cumbled and thrown, <laughs> so by, we've got a couple of father sons going p- on in that one instance. Protected species, the symbiotic relationship between John Lang and Martin Lang. Oh, I yeah. think they both spoke like this. Uh, you raised the Furners. The Furners, yeah. Well, there was Don was the coach, uh, Don Senior, who recently passed away. Um, then there's Don Junior, is the CEO. And Dave is the coach. These are the two sons of, of Don Senior. All great rugby league figures. But sometimes, and we've seen it in professional sport in the past, and I'm looking at you, Tennis, uh, you know, parents and, and their, their offspring, it can get a little bit complicated. And right now, we're reflecting on what's going on up Newcastle Way ah, with yes. Kalen Ponga and his father, Andre the Brain Ponga. Andre the Brain, uh, as against Andre the Giant. No, yeah, well, that's right, because well, he's, he's... He has a giant brain. No, because he sees himself like Bobby the Brain Heenan, who was Andre the Giant's manager. So you've got this beautiful <laughs> hybrid in, in Andre Ponga. And Ponga, who was given a job by the Newcastle Knights as part of the Please Come From Townsville deal when they left the Cowboys. Andre was. Andre was. He's the principal representative, i.e. the manager, certainly not registered as an agent, mm. negotiating on behalf of Kalen. Right. And we heard last week that Kalen's playing golf on his own, lost in yes. the world. Yeah. Then we hear he's been taken to some swish private room at a Gold Coast resort, sorry, Central Coast resort, where Wayne Bennett's buying him hamburgers. Mm. And now... Did he have a milkshake as well? Did he? Have a guess what flavour it was. Strawberry. You bet. <laughs> Can you imagine? That'd be Wayne's <laughs> basic pitch. He goes, look, I don't know that much about Redcliffe myself. I mean, obviously, I'm sort of from around that area, but but Dino's milk bar, oh my a goodness, wicked son. strawberry it is milkshake, unbelievable. Get and up here, unlimited, yeah, you, as you, many you, as you want. You just walk in and you just go, Dino, and it's strawberry <laughs> thick shakes. I'll have the Kalen, thanks. Yeah. Strawberry thick shake, thick and long, a little bit like Newtonian rugby league physics. <laughs> uh, and so, Bulldog Dean Ritchie, who's you know having a great time at the moment in rugby league. I mean, he did 
point out how the Roosters won every grade last week. He also pointed out uh, twice on the weekend uh, the, the slap was the main. He's never watching rugby league again well, because of the slap send off. I'm not going to watch again after that win on the weekend. I just want to leave on a high. It's done. Yeah, and so it's been dropped during the Knights Dragons games, and in fact. The extension offer, and it's all about extension these days. It's all about what are you putting on your rugby league property? You know, <laughs> <laughs> you're <putting laughs> development. That's right. Uh, a three-year extension to Kalen, taken off the table. Off the table? During the game. During the game. You know, designed to destabilise Andre the Brain and hasten him into a decision because if it's not Ponga, the Knights, it's all about Munster, whose mm. um, price is going up with every um, line break that he's making at the moment after he demolished the... Sharks on the weekend. Well, he did that. And, and it's interesting that both Ponga and Munster had cracking games on the weekend and both of them are playing for contracts. I'm, I'm derelict and I apologise for this. There was some journalist and I should have noted who it was this morning who wrote, oh no, it's actually on the weekend. How great was Cameron Munster's performance given that he is in contract negotiations and players are generally not focusing when they're in contract negotiations. I go, it seems to be the opposite. But look, um, I love the fact that Andre loves Kalen. Mm. And from what I can tell, they'll be loving each other up at Dino's in Redcliffe come 2023. In this mental institution, looking out through these arm bars, how could he put me in here? He go that far Yes, I need help But not this kind He didn't love me From the start But it's not my mind That's broken It's my heart With you, I'm depending on you, Daddy. There's nothing I can do, and you said that I could come to you if I ever was in need. But Daddy, I can't come to you. You'll have to come to me. I mentioned in the opening the moribund and soporific game on Thursday night. The Canberra Raiders and the North Queensland Cowboys. No big clubs in evidence there. No big clubs and no big rugby league involved there. Um, but Ricky Stewart had a press conference for the ages. Did you, did you have a listen to it? I'm, I'm sick of defending playing 40 minutes of football, 50 minutes of football. I'm, the way we started that second half was a, um, pathetic. And there's some, individual, there's some individuals who just didn't start with the way they need to start in the second half to get us back onto the front foot. And, and I'll do all that on, uh, when we get back to work. But just, it's just not, it's not on. I'm sick of it. 
So he mentioned there's some individuals <laughs> that weren't pulling their weight, weren't getting him on the front foot. What did you make of that, Chris? Did it remind you of anything? Well, first of all, I think it's an inflection point for Ricky. And I hate to say it, Dennis, because it's so early in the season. I'm wondering if it's the last card in the pack because he's always been known to defend his team to the hilt, right? If that's one thing that Ricky does, he sticks solid. Has a couple of issues. With- We've got something real good going on down here. That's right. Has the occasional issue with partners and things like that. Mm. A lot of issue with the press. Mm. Sees the press is a big problem, but he generally, you know, he's he's with his players. But in this particular instance, he's sort of alluded to calling out individuals as not, you know, passing muster. And we've actually picked up a bit of the audio, which actually got dropped from the official NRL press conference, where right. the press actually pushed him on this issue about who those individuals might be. If we can go to that now. You don't tell me who has stopped you in the street and said that. Ordinary Britons. Where? In conversation. But I thought you had just come from Belize. Oh, this is not the first time we've been here. Will you tell me who and where and when? Ordinary Britons in restaurants, How in many? Cabs. How many? I would say at least one in two. I'm sorry, it's an expression I've never heard. Tell me who has said it to you, when These, and These are where. people that we meet in passing. But and we obviously raise the question of... So explosive there is the press really pushing Ricky yeah. on who these people are. And he was doing the usual deflection about talking about ordinary Britons and things like that. And being in Belize in yeah. one out of two. But but whoever that presser was, they that press representative was, they absolutely pushed him. Oh, they were nailing him there. And what worries me, Dennis, is that I think that they broke who, him. Who was, who was that? Was that... Cub reporter from, I don't know, could have been from the Queen Bean Times, as far as I know. You don't get... What, one of the things that really annoys me about the Australian press conference. And Vonnie's had the baby, so it wasn't Vonnie. No, I, I couldn't recognise the voice. Wasn't Laura? La- Definitely Laura wasn't Pitt? Laura. Um, I just, I, I was really struggling. Mm. Um, but with the Australian press conference, you only get vision of the coach and the player. You never you see don't the get press. The, yeah. The American press conference, you see the press. They're part of it. They're part of the conversation. It would have been good to actually identify who that enthusiastic and very, very vigorous inquirer pressing Ricky Stewart was because she's had a victory. Oh, yeah, she's Dennis. really giving it to And him. here's the evidence that came later in the press conference. Um, no, Xavier Savage should have stepped inside, mate. That's why Xavier Savage hasn't been playing first grade because he's still learning the game. But so many of you people want X Factor. So many people want Xavier out there. That's why Xavier hasn't been playing because he's still learning the awareness of the game. But I'm only a dumb coach. Boy, I thought he was going to say wow. something else there. <laughs> so that's actually Ricky going volcanic, as you can tell. He's just cracked, and he's actually named names. You know, Hasn't this, he? Is, this is what happens when people are put on the rack. They absolutely get tortured, and he's named poor old Xavier Savage, who, let's face it, came on and pulled the wrong rein when he stepped right when he should have stepped left at 12-all. And, oh. oh, boy, that was tough. And, oh, it was. And he did go on to say, well, it's not um, Jackie Boy, who's in the form of his life, yeah, he talked up Tarpany. Yeah, well, because uh, he's terrified of Tarpany's yeah. wife getting on Twitter again Correct. or Instagram. He talked up Papa Lee at least in the first half. He ignored Elliot Whitehead who was sitting next to him. Yeah. How must it be round the Canberra camp right now as they work out whether I'm in the good books or the bad books? Am I savaged or am I not being savaged? <laughs> I don't think Ricky is. Um, I don't think he'd be ambiguous. I think you'd know if you're in that camp. I think you'd know which one you were in. But now, are the alarm bells ringing? 
No. Oh, good, good. No, good. We're year nine, year eight or nine of a twenty-five year plan. Thank it's you. all, it's all good. And now you noticed in there, Ricky, he's pulled out the word individuals. Now Ricky's not scared of using new words. We we have our own segment, forty-seven texters. Mm. Um, Isn't it forty-seven Texas? I keep thinking that's a poker game, but I've obviously no, got no, that no, it's wrong. Texas. It's right, Texas, right? It's, yeah. it's, so Ricky, Ricky has his own. Um, his own lexicon, yes, which he goes through. Now he he has admitted himself that he was never good at maths in school when he was pressed on his vocabulary. Um, we've played that before, but there's there's other words in rugby league that are getting more or less use. Have you got any opinions on that one? On, on some of the words? Well, we're talking about Payne Haas and Albert Kelly who were rubbed out for a week though mm. with uh, Lynn Frank or Liz Frank. Liz Frank, yeah, injury. Lynn's with, Frank, yeah, with yep. Albert. He's rubbed out for a little bit longer than that. Uh, now, they were out for a week, and there was a lot of consternation amongst the rugby league cognoscenti that this was an overreaction. Gus Gould said he wouldn't even refer it to the Integrity Committee because he said it was just a, a sober player sorting out a pest. Mm. And Albert Kelly was being a drunken pest. Yep. So when we you know, bed down those laws of physics with rugby league, I think we have to have an exclusion for pest. So if you belt someone in public, you can expect a four- to six-week Stint on the sidelines unless they meet that the pest exemption. Of pest. The pest exemption. And, and you know, like we've it. got we've got grub, yeah. We've got germ, mm. we've got pest. So yep. we need to get our heads around what and who defines a pest. Because if you're being a pest, expect to wear one and don't expect any retribution. Look, spe- speaking of pests, you mentioned um, Jimmy the, the chewer before. Jimmy Graham, the chewer. Oh, yes, yes. And uh, Jimmy, of course, now has become a Dragons legend because he left the Bulldogs, went to the Dragons. And he um, he was hosting a corporate function at uh, the ironically named Wynn Stadium the other day. Was he now? What he didn't know was that on his back was a sign that said, call me Jammer Baby, <laughs> put there by one Luke Lewis. So he's speaking at this corporate function trying to be serious. And every time he turned around, people are sniggering at him. Uh, at the same time, uh, Latsy, Jeremy Lattimore, has come into the ABC booth. And he's, him and Lewis are best mates. They go to the gym each other for three or four hours a day, pretty much every day. They're coughing. They're up, up to mischief the whole time. And on his back, it says, call me Latsy, your cat. As in, hey, Latsy, your cat. So he was sitting there and I got a photo of this because Johnny Gibbs was taking a photo of Latsy's back with the sign saying, call me Latsy your cat. And on Johnny Gibbs's back was a sign that said, call me, say, yell out, hey, Gibbsy, give me a wave. Gibbsy didn't know it was there. Let me tell you, Lee Hatcher-Patellis, if you're out there, you'll be getting a series of bullying lawsuits (laughs) from the ABC from this juvenile behaviour that goes on. And I'm telling you, I hate to hear this about James Graham because he is universally loved and we know why he's loved and you made reference to it. The minute he bit Billy Slater in the year in the Billy 2012 Slater, I, grand final, Australia fell in love with that man. I, I wonder how they go together. Like, I wonder if, they, if they're ever, you know, Billy's often at games. I wonder if they ever see each other. And I hear that... Um, he lipped his lips a little bit and thinks it, about a Chianti. They talk about the Tigers' five captains. It's not really, really clear to me who actually is coaching Queensland in the origin this year. But let's say it is Billy Slater. Yeah, if it doesn't go well, I reckon in three years' time, a la Chopper Reed and Roger Rogerson, <laughs> Billy and James Graham will be out on the talking circuit, and I for one will pay for a ticket. Oh, I'll definitely go. But back, back you, to the- you can imagine the tagline: "We'll chew your ears off." <laughs> Come to the Bundadine RSL; it'll be terrific. 
And where's, that, where's that town? I don't know. <laughs> just made it up. It's, well, it's, good. it's just I'm outside. That's how Tyans Townsville, and they do a tie-in with Dinos. You know, you can go for your, you go for a kale and shake, and then you can go, and you'll get like they've just done. They've done those um, chews that yep. Mike Tyson's come out, and this will come up in a moment. These <laughs> these chews with in the shape of the bit that he bit off Holyfield's ear. Wow! You'll actually get a Billy Slater ear chew. That'll be great. So we've got the word pest. Yes, pest is very much in the rugby league vernacular. What others have we got that have come out recently? Cuddle. The cuddle. Yeah, they talk a lot about man management in men's rugby league. That you know, yep. Some players need to boot up the date, but others need a cuddle. So there's a kick or a cuddle? Kick or a cuddle. These are the two. Then there's no spectrum in between. So it's just one or the other. This is a binary. You get a kick, you get a cuddle. And that's, that's, this is, we're talking again about Ricky. This is again. <laughs> understanding the complex psychological profile of all the different players in your roster, <laughs> what motivates them, concerns them, makes them anxious, what they deal with. If you caught the Matty John show, that great interview with Sir John Cohen about the importance of athletes' mental health. Hmm. In rugby league, it's summarised by one thing. Give them a cuddle. Well, it's either a kick or a cuddle. Some, some players like a kick. They respond to a kick. Some respond to a cuddle. Kick or cuddle, hope or hate, hmm. rugby league. Now, there was another, another piece of vernacular which um, our friend Emma Domini, yes. the Emma of our Lord, put on the Blowing Up Deluxe Facebook group. And if you're not in there, seriously, climb aboard. If not, why not? About Nathan Cleary. Uh, not his go, the, the hip drop, where Brandy Alexander, according to Channel 9, Penrith legend Brandy Alexander has gone into back for, B-A-C-K, gone into back. Yes, I get that. Now, how does that, because uh, I, I have heard a similar expression to do with, you know, it's a, it's a cricket illusion, but gone into back, does that mean he's backing him or where does this come from? Some will think it's a typo and they'd be wrong. Mm. It, the traditional expression has gone into bat, yeah, right. But rugby league can't be seen as beholden to any other code, like yep. cricket or baseball, what have you. And of course, the other expression is "I've got your back." Right. So when you go and support someone, you're backing them. You're batting. You've got their bat, and you're backing them. So therefore, you just go. They just, just gone into bat. Gone for. into back. It's perfect. And she's also quoted Jason Demetrio, who's talking about that poor Flanagan boy playing, saying, "We big our halves up too much, then we tear them down." Now, that's just bad English. Are you sure? I, I think it might be... A, big up? He's bigging them. Bigging. It's... it's a, um, what do they call it? When they, they're verbalising a noun. Big. Bigging. Can you imagine Demetrio addressing the boys before the start of the season at Redfern and say, I will embiggen you all. I will embiggen you all, on yes. Every, every occasion. Bit of bigging going on. And then there's this other pair, a bit like the kick in the cuddle, the washing machine and the hurt locker. So Jack DeBellin, who's admitted that he's unlikely to be selected for New South Wales State of Origin, showing incredible insight. Uh, and he's had his problems that are well documented. But he said two or so years out of the game, might have been three, and not having played in the six again ruck infringement era, he's been battling. And he says, I can't get my breath. I find myself continually in the washing machine and moving into the hurt locker. So <laughs> I'm not sure... <laughs> Whether there are grades there or whether they're just two examples of the same thing. But I think all rugby league fans need to understand the significance of the washing machine and the hurt locker. Well, I'm going to have to do a lot of research. I'm not, I'm not familiar with the washing machine and the hurt locker. But it's good to see that the vernacular is growing, the dictionary is growing. As... We're doing a public service, Dennis. I think, well... We're, we're betting down the laws, the immutable laws of rugby league on one side... The science. And uh, we have a friend, uh, you know him, one of the Roosters boys, Professor David Taylor, who has the Rugby League Dictionary. Yes. Which is not a static document like the Australian Macquarie Dictionary. It's ever-changing, ever-growing. It's organic. Verses will be in there. There'll be a lot of controversy about there that. There was a lot of versing on the weekend. Uh, your boy Lomax. Yeah. 
But I will be submitting pest, cuddle, and washing machine slash hurt logger for the rugby league dictionary. Fantastic. Look, we could go on with that for a long time. We probably have. But one of our favourites that we need to circle back to is big Sammy Burgess. And Sammy Burgess has come out and there's a wonderful puff piece about him today in the Telegraph all about his post-league career. Now, you'd think this might be a television career. You'd think he might be... There could be all manner of directions that a man of his many talents could go. But instead, it turns out he's become a jerky boy. He's a jerky boy. A jerky boy. So not only is he coaching uh, up near Coffs Harbour, and not only does he have his investment in the Leisureware 4B label with his yep. brothers, yep, 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 Tom, yep. George, and Luke. I tell you what, if you catch a bit of footage of one of George's defensive efforts against Newcastle, <laughs> you wonder why he's getting paid. But uh, yeah, so what can you tell us about uh, his foray into the jerky business? Well, there's a lot going on there. He's um, he's one of the jerky boys. So, According to the website, the jerky boys are a crew of five with a love of good times and feel-good snacks. They have the tough gear of tasting and perfecting deliciously dangerous jerky flavours so you and your crew can taste the goodness. This is just fantastic. Um, now, what I is believe, jerky, by the way? Jerky, well, well, according to this, uh, it's beef. It's beef that is dried, cut to size, and then flavoured. And they have some, some remarkable flavours in there. But it all came from, and we'll get to this in a moment, the Arara, Arara Valley Axemen. Because within the Axemen, <laughs> he's a gentleman who's playing by the name of... Can't say it. Dan Vanderdonk. Yes. And Dan's brother, Hans Vanderdonk. The two brothers, the two Vanderdonk boys, they were the original jerky brothers. Well, the in Vanderdonk fact, jerky. It was and Mr. and Mrs. Vanderdonk, the parents of Don and Hans, who started the jerky business, but they fell ill. One, arguably, because they were probably sampling the product too much. Because I, I, I'm a Biltong guy. I've enjoyed Biltong. Oh, but, that's biltong. Really yeah. but jerky is, is something that, you know, Certainly doesn't get the uh, heart health health tick, as far as I can tell. Being the <laughs> well, they're of... claiming it's very healthy because well, it's yeah, claiming it's a good protein that. snack. Look at the Vanderdogs. and I believe, <laughs> I believe they're not Sam, that healthy. I believe Sam says he he tried it, and he used to wake up at midnight dreaming about it. So he'd go and have a snack. So we've got Sam uh, having a little jerky off in the middle of the night. <laughs> I know, it's, it's thinking about hands, hands, the jerky, jerky hands, and jerky Dan. I mean, I never really had jerky before, but I tried Dan's and I was obsessed. I would dream of it and wake up at midnight to eat some. I, I ate so much that I would get a sore jaw. And of course, I think we've all had jerky dreams. And it's generally involved something in you, that you've done with your Vanderdonk. But, but, but I think he's talking about something different. But the sore jaw because as well. He's rung up, he's rung up Dan and Hans and said, look, my jaw is killing me. I want in. And he got in. And they got a distribution deal with Global Foods. That automatically sounds like a money-washing offer. I probably shouldn't do that. They now sell it to Souths. They're on board. They're all over the jerky. And and according to one of the Vanderdonks, I'm not sure whether it's Dan, Dan or Hans, mental health nurse and father of four, with Sam on Luke on board, it's just opened so many doors for us. Arguably, it's probably closed a few as well. Probably closed a few more. But the jerky's the type that um, converts those who don't eat it, and uh, their involvement has seen exponential growth. And this is where it gets really, really tricky, because according to, I'll just go back and see. I think it's 
We used to sell. It's Dan. Nine, I think it's Dan. We used to sell nine hundred bags, bags a week, and now we're selling close to twelve hundred bags, baggies, <laughs> little baggies, little baggies of turkey. I go, Sam, if you come on board, do you have any expertise with bags? And he goes, Look, that's in my past, but I think I can put that experience to good use in the jerky business. And he also said, when I met Dan, I could tell he was a family man, and that's important to me. And again, Sam and family, it's slightly controversial. But Sam has gone, with this business, I can buy my love of footy, family, and food. I feel like I've won the lottery. So Matt Rule, the Rule Boys out there, music and, bu- music and booze company doing the much at, at delayed Henson. schedule for April 23rd at Henson Park, this year's first beer footy food festival. Take the tip, rename it the Beer Food Footy and family. family festival. Get get alongside all your craft beers. <laughs> Let's face it, I'd rather have a VB, but all your craft beer stands. Get a jerky boy stand well, up get there. Original spice, extreme chili, garlic pepper, which you can probably tie in with a garlo's pie. Hot and spicy, extra hot and spicy. Two thousand extra punters guaranteed at Henson Park well, in a couple of it'll weeks. It'll take it from nine hundred to twelve thousand. And for those of you concerned about intellectual property law, hello, Lee Hanger Patellas. <laughs> Jerky boys, boys with a Z. It's not like the guys who used to do the prank phone calls. Back oh, no, no. It's got a Z. It's, it's mod. It's hip. It's down I, with the kids. I don't know how you feel about that discussion, Dennis, but I'm quite hungry. <laughs> well, it does lead us to one thing, and that is, Chris, do you have any Arara Valley axes to grind? Yeah, well, it's great to see the Rara Valley becoming such a hotbed of commerce with the Jerky Boys, Dennis. But yeah, I do have a couple of Rara Valley axes to grind. Mm-hmm. First of all, just as an aside, I've just received an invitation to a lecture series from Professor Gregory Deerline informing strategies to promote earthquake resilience through performance-based simulations. That just drives me crazy. <laughs> this resilience thing, it's got to stop. Um, but uh, moving backwards from that, first of all, can Fox Sports just sort out the letterbox replay issue? Oh, dear. Right, because like it was all right during the Tigers-Eels fixture, but during the Dragons-Knights fixture, the live action is in the tiny little letterbox while they're showing a replay, which, let's face it, is in the past, on the main screen. I I'm, I'm want to see what's happening now. I don't want to see what happened back then. And I'm happy to see what back then, but keep it in the letterbox, Dennis. I think what you'll find is it's actually a Fox and Nine thing that when Nine has a game, was that game on Nine? Well, the Knights Dragons game. Yeah. So when it's on Nine, this it goes to a completely different truck, completely different director, and it's Nine that puts the live action in the small bit and the replay in the big bit. Fox goes the other way, but Fox just as a simulcast. So Fox, when they're calling those the Nine games, they're calling them from Redfern or from they're calling them from off tube. So I want to applaud Fox Sports for the wonderful work that they do. Oh, we love we. Always fans and, and of get Fox stuck Wars. into Channel Nine. Fix that. The other thing is, I am getting sick of what I call the image wars. The image wars, and I think it's between the two media outlets. So, in the Nine Masthead, mm. Christian Nicolucci had this to say about the Manly Rohingya Gold Coast Titans game: uh, sixteen thousand two hundred twenty packed into Four Pines Park, which you'd call Brookvale Oval, I assume, Dennis. Yes. The communal atmosphere was never better illustrated than after full time when Seagulls' favourite Jake Trevojevic 
was spotted helping removing the padding from the goalpost and dragging it back to the storage room. More of this hagiography of the Travoyevichs, right? First of all, why isn't he in the rooms in a cool-down procedure getting the appropriate physio getting iced. and iced in order to be ready for next week's game instead of out there mucking it on Four Pines Park? It makes me suspicious that they do so much of this. But now, and it's got worse, Dennis, because the Murdoch press has got involved. News is involved because in Buds' oh, no. column yesterday, and it does have a photo. I haven't seen any photos of the Travoyevichs ever marking lines. I didn't notice it. Or giving oranges to kids at junior yep. football. But Buzz, the highlight, the Titans had the most wonderful role model in skipper Tino Fazul Maliawi. He stayed on the park at Brookie on Saturday night to help staff remove the advertising signage, <laughs> despite the disappointment of losing at the game. Now, I mean, I hate to see players co-opted into some sort of media scrum like this, this media war. And again, if I'm a Titans fan and I'm looking at Tino's numbers and I think he's not quite delivering a la David Fafita style, what's he doing? On the ground, removing advertising. Could it be that he's just so competitive? He's he's seen Big Turbo out there. He's he's trying to get an edge, and they're both running at the goalpost together. And I wonder if they were jostling. I wonder if there's a video of it of them jostling. You know, you're allowed to go shoulder to shoulder, but you can't get hands on the back when you're running to strip the goalposts. We love you enough already, rugby league players. You don't need to do this. In fact, I will personally applaud the first goal kick attempt where the person is taking the goal kick. Let someone else pick up the tee. (laughs) Instead of following the, the ball first boy have something to do. protocol. The kid would love to pick up the tea. The kids don't get enough to do. Seriously. I mean, there are people who are paid to take these signs down and pack things up. And you're taking away from their joy. They go, I want to be part of the club. I just want to be part of the community. And Jake survives again, you'll be fine, mate. I'll do it. Oh. You're taking their real estate, Jake. They can't get out there and take the big hit-ups. That's all they come for. Or That's in your case, the do. somewhat slow hit-ups. Oh, know, that's my ex axe to grind for the week well it's a good axe to grind but you mentioned Big Tino and Big Tino's got quite the mullet going on at the moment Sir Isaac Newton style except the wrong colour it's a dark uh-huh. it's a dark and Sir Isaac was a bit more well the pictures show him was a bit more blonde he probably wasn't I don't know if they had lemon juice to put in their hair in those days but speaking of lemon juice in the hair well, they had apple juice Ron Pappenhausen looks like he's been putting a lot of juice in that hair spending a lot of time in the beach and getting it bleached up and it's Big and it's ferocious. It's a mane. It's beautiful. And he he could he definitely looks like he's playing keys in the heavy metal band. Harry Grant. He's almost got a soup dragons bob going on. It's almost a, he's, he's got this long. It's almost a page boy. For look. those old enough, it channels the uh, great former Cronulla Sutherland fullback Rick Burke. Rick Burke, <laughs> and he's it's it's a wonderful mane. They've got so much going on. But that that Storm Sharks game. We've talked about the big club theory, and we've talked about the Storms being robots. We've talked about the Storms, the ways they find to manipulate the rules. Now, in no game this year, in no game, no game, club game ever, has used a spider cam. Spider cam is the reserve of cricket, uh, where they call it the fox bat or something. What do they call it? There's some other word. The flying fox. But it used to be the spider cam. It's the spider cam. The flying ado car. The flying ado car. Um, They have it for origin. But it's kept out of the way. Um, And they'll have it for the grand final. But it's kept out of the way and it's in a big stadium. Whereas Melbourne Rectangular Stadium... Amy Park, for those of you who are confused. Well, actually, it's always called Amy Park. That's only... it's Rugby League calls it Amy Park. The ABC calls it Amy Park. Because they're not going to say Melbourne Rectangular Stadium. But they did during the World Cup. That was because the FIFA said they had to. Well, whatever the rugby league equivalent of FIFA is. Yes, exactly. But 
the storm took so much control that the sharks were gaining ascendancy. They were making a comeback. They put a kick up. So what happens? Last play here for the Sharks. Kick through. It hits it the hit wire. It. it hit the I bloody just, spider cam. They did it. We knew this would happen at some oh, point. It's it. come off the spider cam. Spider cam, spider cam. Trindle's kick hit the spider cam. He puts it up nice and high. It hits the wire as it went by. The wire, the wire of the spider cam. It's a wire coming back. The Storm team had a 12-point lead, but the Sharks were gaining ascendancy. Referee Joey Atkins said it hit the wire. Overheads come back. We'll have that last play again. To those at Amy Park, it didn't seem much of a crime, but it took the wind from the Sharks, gave the storm breathing time. Well, wondering why it was even here tonight. Spider cam, spider cam, no other grounds used the spider cam. So why was it even here? Was it put here to interfere? Did the storm control the spider cam? The kick on the spider cam. Let's talk about the serious stuff here. That just took all of the energy out of the Cronulla Sharks, and now Melbourne Storm are back down in their area. Made a premonition off air, if you won't believe us, but we did. We said, this is going to get in the way tonight, and it did. It did. Spider cam, spider cam, central in a premonition. It's going to get in the way and interrupt the flow of play. So why, why on earth did they hang it? The NRL should ban it. Get rid of the spider cam. Lefty woke politics activists. Barney, I've no doubt you'd like to be out there for the finals. Read how you've seen the opening stages here. Fuck. I don't know that Reed got us. Let's try and fix that up and uh, and get back to him. Now you guys have been talking a lot about what relativity, Isaac Newton, big club theory. That's not what happened on the weekend. Okay? It was the rugby league gods. Yep. It was an Easter miracle. It was a resurrection. Yep. Or? It's like Christmas Day for Tiger supporters right now. They should <laughs> enjoy it, it, right? How long have we been playing the Easter Monday game for? <laughs> <laughs> What's it been? Nearly 10 years? He's pretty raw, Cooper. Is he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of stuff not making sense... We got. We have to talk about the the biggest media thing was the three sixty about Montoya versus Tedesco, or whatever. Yeah. Buzz did try and find a difference between uh, Tedesco and Montoya. Different. Mm. Why? Well, one happened at night time, and there was, was a. Di- that was interesting to me because that game was a twilight game, I guess, really, yeah. wasn't it? So you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess I guess we still haven't gotten all the details in line about the Tedesco one, so maybe maybe that happened at ten o'clock in the morning. But someone who does make sense, Spud. Okay? Always, always. This rugby league, you know, we can talk about completion rates or whatever. Who cares? We got to talk about something bigger. We got to talk about life. It's like anything in life. If you get the, if you get the fence right, your attack comes. Yep. Where's the life? Now, getting back to stuff that doesn't make sense. I watched Channel 9 game on Good Friday and nearly had to change the name of the day. Mm-hmm. So we had Billy Slater, Andrew Johns, and Matt Thompson on. Wow. <laughs> and, and so what they're trying to do is they're trying to do the, the comedy shtick that they do. So um, we'll get to something more, so bear, bear with me, but they're, they're 
this is their comedy that they're going, trying to do. Most teams trap and scrap. Liam Martin ball is played gets at his. by Liam Martin. So in this instance, Liam Martin's the trapper, and Salmon's the scrapper. The ball's Scram. always travelling backwards when we lose sight. All right, so they're trying to do a joke there. Whatever. Who am I to judge someone else's comedy? But I don't know if you caught it right at the end there. Matt Thompson's trying to, trying to interject with a joke, yeah. on this scrap and trap whatever, um, and he gets cut off. They have to go to the the bunker, the bunker audio, but then the bunker kicks off. Like the bunker decides on whatever, and Matt Thompson does not miss a beat. Comes straight in. As you can see, it's a scrap. Sounds like a, the name of a modern rap group. Oh, of all people. At least you did a response. Oh, sorry? <laughs> At least you did a response. That's the nine feet. <laughs> Didn't they just it's, left him? It's so horrifying. And he had two goes at it because, you know, we, we got mics in front of us here. Sometimes, you know, you get a bit excited and not the best thing you've ever thought of comes out. Yeah. Slater's a 1-4 guy, though. I don't know that. He loves his drill. A modern rap group. Now, I believe we're, we're in postmodern now. I believe modern was like finished in about the 70s and 80s. Yeah, it's good that's to probably, know. It probably it's like, says... Good to know. Fred Flintstone doing the, the <laughs> Fruity Pebbles. <laughs> fruity Pebbles at. I walk into the change rooms there, I've got 47 texts. I never turn my phone on after the game, but I thought, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't wrong in what I was thinking tonight. 47 texts. Every one of those texts agreed with every fan out there and everything I believe in. So, I uh, got, got a message from Big Palm on Instagram. He sent us, uh, we, somehow we all missed this, uh, Roy Masters in the SMH last week about... The, there was an interesting call in the camera game that we talked about where they got uh, they captain's challenge sort of just on muscle memory on half time. It didn't really make a difference to anything. Yeah. And so they decided to go for a kick at goal from behind their own goal line, but then everyone just said too hard and they walked off the field. Well, not quite. It was um, there was a captain's challenge. Oh, there was a penalty. It should have been a six again, not yeah. a captain's challenge because yeah. they weren't in their own thing. So that was that was friend of the show. Um, it was a big Nevsha class for Adamski. It was his, <laughs> yes. his refereeing. Yes. And he said penalty. And then he's got a word going, dude, it's outside the 40. That has to be a six again. So the Raiders are going, we'll take the two. And he's like, actually, you can't because yeah. it's a six again. I've got the call wrong. Sorry, chaps. That's half time. Yeah. What do you say? Can't. I didn't say that, did I? It's pretty close. Um, no, I said you can't do that. <laughs> can't. Um, so this is the start of Roy Masters' article last week. Rugby league players thrill us, they tease us, they torture us, and they occasionally bewilder us. And that's just the stuff outside of court. But, so Roy Masters talks about that decision, and he texts his friend Ricky Stewart. Texter. Texter. He sent him one. So, on this, okay, on this day, Roy Masters is one of the 47 texters. This is why yep. I'm bringing it up. And he said, asked him about that decision, that teases, bewilders, torments. Mm -hmm. um, and Ricky said... Which game is this, Roy? <laughs> Ricky, by the way, um, Andrew Webster, Webby. In, in his piece last Friday, talked about the time when a Sharks player reported to training and said he'd been to the big day out. And he goes, I'm sorry, coach, I got injured in the mosh pit. And Ricky said, I've never heard of that nightclub. <laughs> <laughs> well, He's only good. heard of the private bin. Speaking of um, music, I want to open the door to our Texas. Mm -hmm. One thing that we will text each other about incessantly is the music at the grounds. Yep. 
Yep, yep, yep. And this weekend was a particularly good weekend for at the Good Friday. So Homebush is normally fairly generic. Yes. But something happened on Good Friday. Trying to get the kids in from the from the Easter show. <laughs> I'm not too sure. Maybe hangover from Big Day Out not being there. I'm not sure. But so I heard everybody knows by Leonard Cohen. Right. Yep. I've never heard that at a football game before. Leonard Cohen and Rugby League, they belong together. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody, I mean, everybody knows. Everybody knows. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I sort of imagine everybody hurts REM, you know, nah, if, if it was a Bulldogs home game. Everybody knows. 80s, uh, 80s, uh, 80s Cohen. Pot- yeah. Potentially from... Um, and, uh, what was that album with uh, First We Take Manhattan Then We Take Berlin I think it might be from that album my I'm ears, Your Man My ears pricked up When the DJ played well, Hearing Bruce Dickinson's pipes Singing Run to the Hills Bit of Iron Maiden Bit of Iron Maiden I haven't heard Run to the Hills In Rugby League This is Good Friday as well Good Friday yeah. Why Can't I Be You By The Cure And then Sign of the Times Prince, Prince. By Prince Wow and I was listening to that going, I don't know if he's actually calling the kids from the Easter show. I think he's calling the kids' parents can from I, the can Easter I just show. I've seen all three of those artists out at Homebush. I went to the Book of Souls tour for Iron Maiden. I saw Prince in 2012, I believe it was, twice out at Homebush. And the last time the Cure they were out here. So how about that? Wow. I've heard that last Cure one wasn't much. Anyway, um, we also continued into the game. Yes. And in the game, you've even got a backdrop to goal games. So you can have sort of a conversation with the audience. Mm-hmm. So we've got what's going on when the Bulldogs scored. <laughs> yep. Marvin Gaye. Marvin Gaye, yep. Uh, Lust for Life when poor Chris Patella looked... Um, a bit dazed. Yeah, he was down for quite a while. Iggy Pop. Well, that was, that's, that's possibly in poor taste because that kid was in big yeah, trouble, was big, wasn't he? Yeah, big trouble, yeah. yeah. But that, from the brace of the great Berlin period albums from Iggy Pop, Lust for Life and The Idiot, of course. Yep, yep. Um, and then, but it was all good. I mean, that's like a... a could be perceived as tasteless. I mean, people have been uh, berated at that ground for playing less tasteful. <laughs> less or... tasteless songs. Anyway, Stephen Ferris, when he played Hit the Road Jack, when... Um, Munster got Munster sim got in. in twice for in the, the second, one grand final. For the second time. <laughs> is what I was trying to get at. I'm obviously not as uh, smooth as that DJ. But it finished up with All You Need Is Love. So, all good. There you go. Which I've also never heard of a football game. <laughs> oh, that was a, quite a day out there. It was. It was a huge day. That All the Texas? That's all it takes. Anyway, that is, if anyone ever hears something funny at the football, we never don't want to hear about it. Yeah, we we always always want to hear hear about about it. it. And I ran into, speaking about things funny, not at the football, uh, Andrew Webster was sitting in front of me at the Sydney Kings versus the Adelaide 36. This is his third mention. Yeah, and I said, uh, what about the Dragons? He goes, I'm not rushing home to watch it. But um, (laughs) he gave us a sort of an inadvertent shout out in his column last week where he also mentioned the mosh pit with Ricky Stewart. It's a big weekend for security staff after the NRL endured a streaker-a-thon last weekend with two matches rudely interrupted by people trying to make names for themselves. In the immortal words of the late, great Rex Mossop, it's a sad, sad commentary on the mentality of some of the idiots idiots that follow rugby league in this this country. country. Fantastic. (laughs) Thanks, Webby. Thank you, Pat. Well, I think just to to finish up, do you have... do you have any reasons to dislike current to dislike the Eels? Or no. are you just so I, happy right now? I can. Yeah, please. That Coldplay song, Paradise. Oh you yeah. could do you could do Paradise City, that'd be perfectly acceptable. Yeah. You could do uh Run to Paradise, perfectly yep. acceptable. Choir Boys. Choir Boys. Uh or uh, there isn't a 
that guy who won Australian Idol, uh, Lee Harding, did a oh did yes, a, the punk guy did an updated dance version with came, came third, with, I think. with no less than three zoo girls featured. Right, that's true. Um, but they do that that Coldplay song. Well, yeah, hubris. I, it's just hubris. Well, they, they, do, they think themselves to be quite grand. They, they could they do really do. They could if they were thinking laterally. They could do. And this was the one thing I was going to comment on. They could do Coldplay's Yellow and then go into Joni Mitchell's Blue. And and <laughs> I was... They got, maybe they got a Spotify account. And I was going to arc up a little bit about the fact that uh, I was at a party. In fact, it was our party for our friend Lisa's 50th. And two balloons were juxtaposed to each other and blue and yellow. And someone said, oh, tribute to Ukraine. And I said, I just thought Parramatta Real. <laughs> Absolutely. But... On a weekend like this, how could I possibly give you a new reason to dislike the Parramatta Reels? Thank you, Pat, for filling the brief. I do wonder whether Mitchell Moses is in fact having a... The fact that he missed those two crucial conversions, one, six minutes from full time to give them the lead. I wonder if Mitchell Moses is having his own protest saying, stop playing Sweet Caroline. I'm not kicking any more goals (laughs) until you kick bricks. Stop playing Sweet Caroline. But I still want to end on this one wonderful musical note. And we all love the Sydney Roosters in this show. Adore and it was 20 years exactly uh, this year since they uh, had that famous Ricky Stewart victory, uh, Ricky Stewart's coaching victory in his first year as a coach against the Warriors. And of course, it was celebrated wonderfully at the SCG, but they didn't quite get the celebration right because that game 20 years ago, that grand final had one of the greatest rugby league moments ever. Billy Idol was the pre-match entertainment. They really should, before this Warriors-Roosters game at the SCG, they should have had Billy Idols come out in a hovercraft, say I love footy, and head straight out. It would have been beautiful. But with that, we're all fired up. Please join us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Join the Blowing Up Deluxe Facebook group. And please give us a review. Give us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. And we'll be back again more fired up next week. Thank you and good night. It's a sad, sad commentary on the mentality of some of the idiots that follow Australian sport.